Hi, my name is Johnny. Hi, my name is Adam. Hi, my name is Bridget. And, and we, we have, have never seen, seen the, the Poseidon, Poseidon Adventure. to another episode of Fine I'll Watch It. As always, my name is Adam. My name is Johnny. My name is Bridget. And this is the show where we show somebody, anybody, friends, family, strangers, a movie they have never seen before, but they absolutely should have. This week, we are hopping aboard, big old boat, and we are watching 1972's The Poseidon Adventure, featuring a cavalcade of Oscar winners uh, on a boat ride to... I think disaster. I don't think it turns out well for these guys. Not quite a three-hour <laughs> disaster. Yeah, not quite the three-hour Torgil and Gonzalez style boat trip, but I think it's going to end badly for them, nonetheless. <laughs> uh, none of us have seen this movie, so we are on a triple hot seat for this week. So I want to get your guys' thoughts on what you know about this movie already, uh, what your expectations are, and uh, what you kind of think about disaster movies. Because I don't think we've really talked about a lot of. Disaster mm-hmm. movies right. per se. Like we talked big spectacle, like your Godzilla type, yeah, mowing down that's, cities. That's about as close as a disaster movie that we've yeah. seen on the show. Yeah. So Johnny, I'll start with you. What do you? Uh, what do you kind of know about the Poseidon Adventure? Uh, yes, I know it's a boat. Uh, I know. I don't know if the adventure is a happy one in one way or another. Might be terrifying. Uh, yeah, it's I to me to me something catastrophic. I believe will happen to said boat. Has a bunch of people on it, and they are fighting for their lives one way or another. And I imagine it's for its time special effects laden. It's gonna have a lot of cool shots and hopefully cool practical effects. Maybe some cool little miniatures that look like big boats. <laughs> I know. Uh, Gene Hackman is in it, mm-hmm. and that's it for who I know is in it. Okay. And I believe John Williams does a score for this one, believe it or not. Okay. Which is an exciting I, thing uh, for early, me. Early, yeah. Early for him, too. So, yeah, I as far as like disaster flick, yeah, I kind of enjoy them like in a weird mm-hmm. campy. Like I enjoy the Armageddons and the Dante Peaks and some of those crappy ones that came out in the 90s. I know there was a surge in the 70s with some disaster flicks. I mm-hmm. think, like, one is Towering Inferno. Yeah. Uh, one is called Earthquake, I believe. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what sort of jump-started these uh, disaster flicks, but might have been this one. I don't... Maybe not. I'm not sure, but... I... It's early enough in the decade where it makes sense that it could be. Yeah, right. And I'm always fascinated by, like, because I think a lot of disaster flicks are huge gambles for studios because it just requires so much technical uh, effects wizardry and they just start throwing a bunch of money at it. And typically with something like this, there's a big cast. There's a lot of people, you know, moving parts going on, parts that need to be filled. So I'm excited to see who else is in this movie. But yeah, kind of curious to see what a disaster flick looks like from the 1970s. Yeah. What about you, Bridget? What do you know about the Poseidon Adventure? Uh, just sort of what Johnny already touched on. I feel like there's an actor who might be in this, but I'm not sure, so I won't say, so that I'm not embarrassed if I'm wrong. <laughs> I can always cut it on. Okay. Um, Charlton Heston? No. Okay. I don't think I think so. he's in, he might be in one of Towering Inferno or Earthquake, one of them. I feel like he makes an appearance in. Um... 
I imagine this movie is going to be a lot like the second VHS in the two VHS Titanic mm-hmm. collection. Um, I don't know. I don't have a strong feeling either way about disaster movies. Like the one that I can like movie that seems disaster adjacent would be Twister. Mm-hmm. I was a huge fan oh, of when right. I was a kid. I think it doesn't hue as closely because it's not, oh, we're all trapped in this one location. Yeah. It's like the prequel to a disaster movie. Yeah. yeah. Like, Twister 2 would have been, the entire Midwest is covered in twisters. Exactly. And we, we need you, Helen Hunt, to figure yeah. this all out. What are we going to do? Um, but even like a movie like Deep Impact, I mean, nothing happens until like the absolute end of that that movie. And it's about a comet that destroys the Earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, a lot of I think a lot of the key features of disaster movies are also the scientists screaming at the top of their lungs, we need to do X, Y, and Z, and just everybody in the movie not listening to them. Yeah, mm-hmm. just the pandemonium and panic yeah, of going exactly. into the disaster. Oh, although, it, I guess, does Independence Day count? Sure, yeah. That big fan of that when I was a kid. Yeah, that, that definitely crosses the genre of your normal standard science fiction mm-hmm. alien encounter type movie with a disaster movie because they're blowing up monuments, monuments. and they're yeah. you know, having a go at everything. So that kind of, that's in the same vein as the, the Armageddon's and your deep impacts of, mm-hmm. okay, the action comes more at the end and the the preamble's about all the craziness that predicts it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because typically those are like natural disasters where like yeah. Independence Day sort of gets rolled into like the sci-fi alien. Same with like Godzilla. I mean, Godzilla, you could yeah. say is a disaster, True. but it's about a giant lizard doing the uh, the destruction. Yeah. 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 Like, I think the natural disasters are probably even a separate cat. Because like, I don't think, I'm not expecting this movie to be close to your Day After Tomorrow's mm-hmm. or... Greenland or whatever else Gerard Butler's gotten up to in the last five years. <laughs> he did it. Uh, wasn't he in one re- just recently? Yeah, he was Geostorm. Uh, <laughs> Geostorm. Geostorm. Uh, yeah, so I like. I don't expect this to be the same as those, but they are kind of all disaster adjacent, as you said. Yeah. So I, uh, I like disaster movies. I don't go to them necessarily a lot, but I try to see them. They're always, you know, like you said, they're just kind of campy fun of, you know what to expect, you know... One of the main cast members is going to get picked off in some weird way where you think everyone's going to make it. Like, it's one of those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's always good to see what the special effects can get up to. And I think that points a lot to the the concern for studios is that if you're going to call something a disaster flick, there better be disasters in it. Disasters are expensive. (laughs) No, right. They want to see the money on the screen. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I'm interested to see what this will look like from a special effects standpoint, just because we're 25 years ahead of the Titanic groundbreaking. It's a real big boat in a, you know, in a pool studio kind of thing. Like that pioneered so many things for big boat epic that this... I assume is very similar, like you said, to the second tape of Titanic. So it would be interesting to see how convincing the models are from 1972 and what that will kind of look like. I know very little about this movie, per se. I did look up a little bit, knowing that none of us had seen it, just to have some kind of frame of reference to it. Uh, And I do vaguely remember... There is a remake of sorts from like 2005 that I remember the trailer for um, pretty vividly that I didn't actually see, but it's the same plot, more or less. That one was just called Poseidon. And so I have an understanding of the general plot just from that movie, even though I hadn't seen it. So I'm excited to see how this one kind of plays out, knowing the little bit of the story that I do. But we'll, uh, 
we'll have to see how it pans out. Now, what are your guys' expectations for this and what kind of things do you want or not want to see that you either like or don't like from previous disaster movies you've seen? I think I'm going to have a hard time not comparing it to the second tape of the Titanic because mm-hmm. just because I know like that's mm-hmm. I for me that second half of Titanic is just spectacular yeah. and it's just it, like it's it's, it's so It's a high watermark and it really water-based terror. <laughs> right, it is. So I'm really intrigued to see what what happens to this boat. One, why is it sinking or what? I don't know. I don't know. Something's happening to this boat and mm-hmm. people are not happy. Um, <laughs> not thrilled. But um, yeah, again, my expectations are that I'm looking for, again, like a disaster, adventurous type of movie. I want to see some cool stupid you know interiors being crushed together you know i mean one i don't even know when this takes place i mean i know it's from the 70s but is it on a cruise ship from titanic era or is it are we on the first carnival cruise like what 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 are we on um i think it's basically uh it takes place at that time it does in in the 70s okay it doesn't seem like it's around a period piece yeah 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 it's basically it's it's a it's a cruise ship Right, what the the ship that they're on is on like its last voyage kind right. of thing. So it's one of those. It's three days till retirement. We just have to get sure, sure to and or from New York. I don't remember which. I do hope we get to things pretty quickly, uh, and we're not like watching tape one of Titanic. Oh, see, because I'm a tape one girl. Oh, you're a tape one so girl. So I'm see? hoping for a lot of ensemble, good variety of characters, different motivations that will heighten the drama of the ship. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you need some of those tape one elements because to otherwise care. you don't. Yeah, because otherwise you wouldn't care. Right. So like, if you, <laughs> Bridget's loving the uh, the descriptors the here. Well, just because uh, they're two, sense. they are two different movies. Yeah. You know, and they are. They're they're tape one girls and they're tape two girls. I was a tape one girl. Johnny, you're a tape two girl. I'm a tape two girl. Yeah. Same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah, like you need some of those uh, quote unquote uh, tape one elements because, uh, yeah, otherwise you wouldn't care about any of the characters. The peril that they're in that we know is coming because it's a disaster movie wouldn't sit well. Like you wouldn't, you would just be like, okay, cool. Like, I hope you get swallowed by the water. Like, yeah. I hope a shark swims through a porthole and eats you. Like, I don't. That'd I don't be care. cool, yeah. Yeah, I don't care what happens to you. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> Go away. I'm rooting for the boat. <laughs> Um, yeah, again, just, I'm going in so blind that I'm trying not to write the movie in my head right now. Like, you know what I mean? I don't want to be right beat for beat with this thing. But again, I just, I, I just got off the Cape, still got the salt water in my mouth. Like I, Mm -hmm. I'm still, I'm not ready to completely leave the ocean. So yeah, Yeah. going right back to it. Going right back to it. Yeah. I wasn't on a boat all vacation. So this will be the, this will be the boat. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. This will be a good prep for you then, Bridget, going on vacation too. I know. I can be on a whale watch, just like knees knocking, like, oh no, oh no. Just stick to the the rivers and lakes. Buy a pair of binoculars instead. Yeah, I mean, there's. I'm trying to think of what else to really go over here. We don't. Nobody really knows anything. No, right? Yeah, we really don't know much about it. I mean, I guess is it is it time to say all aboard? Yeah. Ahoy, mateys. Ahoy. Yeah. Should we talk about Gene Hackman? Yeah, sure. How do we feel about Gene Hackman? I like Gene Hackman. Yeah, I like Gene Hackman, yeah. What's I like not, Gene what, Hackman, too. What's not the like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, even just looking briefly, like, the director didn't do anything of note to, like, worth worthwhile to bring up, at least that I could tell. I mean, maybe there's some things on here that you guys knew, but um, none of these strike 
strike me as overly familiar. So he didn't like do like other disaster movies, kind of like doesn't Michael s- Bay just likes to blow shit up type yeah, of director. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. I mean, he he either died. Yeah, no, okay, so he didn't die. Was he on the boat? <laughs> He's dead now. But I was gonna say like he went down with, with the, the ship, ship as yeah. the director. The last thing he directed was in 1990. So I thought like, oh, maybe he passed away. But like, no, he lived till 2010. So he was okay. around. But yeah, I mean, nothing here jumps out as being like a yeah a thing that I've heard of. Or recognize like right out of the gate. He did do. A, he was a cinematographer for a really long time. Oh, interesting. Okay. Before becoming a director, so like he's been working since the early '30s. His name is Holy shit, uh, Ronald Neem or Neme. I'm not quite sure. Uh, just reading it here, but yeah, like he started his first credit for cinematography is 1933. So he did that up until 45, and then started directing in 47, and stopped Jeez. in 1990. So. Supposed to be making movies that long, you're doing something right. Yeah. I mean, so I don't know. I mean, even the things that he was the cinematographer, granted, they're a lot older. So the likelihood of me recognizing them is slim. But they don't even jump out to me as being like, oh, he was the cinematographer on Gone with the Wind or something from that era. It's like 30s movies that are like... The Lady Loves Candles. And like like those old titles, like... Uh, what's I did see some of them like uh, the Scarab Murder Case, mm-hmm. uh, Music Hath Charms, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Music Hath Charms. Yeah. Uh, oh, you know, yeah. Music Hath Charms. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other funny ones here. The Prime of Miss Jean Brody. Oh, the Chalk Garden. Okay, I could the Prime go on of Miss Jean Brody is. It's a good. It's a good old school title. Yeah, that's a. I I know that film. Film. Oh, you do. <laughs> I do know that film. Oh, okay. Well, he was a, a cinematographer on that. Oh, one. Interesting. Uh, there's also the man who never was. Mm. Never was what? <laughs> yeah. Don't ask for him. Don't look for him. He never was. <laughs> he just never. He just never was. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, I guess since we all like Gene Hackman, I guess. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing else really to say here, so. Bridget, Johnny, what do we have to say for ourselves? Fine, Fine. I'll watch it. just docked after watching 1972's The Poseidon Adventure. We were all on the hot seat for this week, so I want to hear how all of you are feeling, but Bridget, I want to start with you. How are you feeling after watching this movie? I'm not going to be able to go to bed tonight. (laughs) 
Not since Mortal Kombat has a movie rocked me so thoroughly. Wow. Wait, the old, the original or the, the OG? Oh, okay. uh, the OG. Yeah, you were pretty you were pretty happy with that one. Uh-huh. I wouldn't say I'm distressed. I'm overwhelmed. I like, so This many movie was nothing what like I expected it to be. Oh really? There were some beats, but okay. I was still it managed to surprise me at every turn. Okay. And I was shocked at how intense I found it. I don't know if you guys thought it was corny or not, but there were corny moments. There yeah, were funny sure. moments, but overall the tone was very somber and serious and scary. I was stressed. <laughs> Johnny, what about you? How are you feeling? Uh, this is an instant classic for me. <laughs> like, I love this movie. Wow. Yeah. This is like one of the top three things we've watched on the show, at least for me. Nice. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Like Bridget said, ton of surprises. I Again, you you go into it, you kind of map out the movie, you maybe think you know where it's going to go, but yeah. yeah, it just, just surprised me at every turn, like, like Bridget said. Um, the deaths were shocking. Incredibly. The, the tone was shocking. Yeah, it's not without its faults. There, it, there are plenty of spots where I would have chopped like a couple of seconds here, a couple of seconds there. Mm-hmm. I think after the initial wave crash, there's kind of like this 20 to 25 minutes of just fucking around and trying to get the tree up. And it just seems like we're there for a while. Mm. But like after the tree, things really like pick up a better pace in my opinion. But Agreed. Yeah, like, incredible viewing experience. Really. Yeah. Adam? <laughs> really impressed. I really enjoyed it. My palms are still sweaty. <laughs> yes. It was, uh, even knowing, like, so going in, just to touch base, because I mentioned that I had, like, read up on it, and I remember, I knew that the boat overturned, mm-hmm. and that the plot was, we gotta climb to safety in overturned boat. So I knew that much of it going in, but I mm-hmm. didn't realize how much of a like a Legends of the Hidden Temple vibe we were going to get. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. Tiny corridors and secret yeah. doors. and Temple all, guards. Yeah, temple, temple guards. So yeah. you got to throw your jacket over their face <laughs> so you can't fucking God. see them. Great corpse work. Yeah. Um, but I was surprised at how much I, like, cared about yep. what was going on and how I was worried for each and every person in there. So credit to their tape one work. Uh, because I yeah. was very much on board the whole time, and I definitely had like hands covering mouths on a couple of different scenes, and we'll touch base on all of it. But yeah, I was like thoroughly invested. I was riding along. There are some cheesy moments, and when Leslie Nielsen popped up at the beginning, we were like, "All right, well, let's see. Is this going to be airplane, or is this going to be something different?" Uh, and there was a little bit of wackiness uh, at the start, but ultimately it it paid off and the the intensity just kept ramping up and ramping up and just when i thought that like okay this is the group that's gonna make it through like we've had a couple deaths this is the core group that's gonna get rescued we got a couple more deaths and i just was not expecting it at all so i'm with you guys lots of surprises lots of twists and turns uh, and just a really really good classic like disaster type movie in one of the best character arcs I've seen in a long time in a movie. And we all know who we're talking about. Oh, here. Which are, oh yeah. yeah. Mrs. Rosen, yeah. yeah. What a fucking hero. Dude. Absolute stone cold hero. The dive, incredible. The dive. <laughs> so Shelly Winters. And then her last words being, There's a skinny woman in the like I'm a skinny woman in the water. Yeah, in and the then water. she goes to clutch her chest and like the you could hear the oxygen in the room we were sitting in get sucked out as the three of us went like <gasps> oh, 
God. Outrageous. And then Gene Hackman just screaming and beating his fist at the sky. Not this woman. Yeah. Not this woman. Gene Hackman is a great screamer. Yeah. Also. He screamed. There's, I- <laughs> There's so much yelling in the movie. I wrote Gene screaming. It's literally at the top of my notes. It's Gene, Gene screaming. <laughs> yeah. I, Gene Hackman. So good at yelling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Mrs. Rosen. I. We knew, though. I think we knew. Well, I think there was so many points before that, and we're just, I think we're just going to bounce around. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there were so many points before that where, like, all right, she's really putting up a fight that she's not going to make it through this tiny corridor. She's not going to make, make it, it through up. this duct. She's not going to make it down this tube. You know, she keeps saying, like, I'm too fat to climb a ladder. I'm too fat to go down this slide. Like, I'm too, <laughs> I'm too big to do any of these things. I can't things, be fire right? hosed up this ramp. Oh, my. I was just thinking about that image of her just, like, going up. <laughs> I can't climb a tree. I was just looking like the uh, the old person, a seat up the staircase kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Outrageous. There were so many points where, like, she didn't believe in herself that I thought, all right, one of these is going to get her. One of these is going to bite her. Yeah, I thought for sure. she's making it to the end. Mm-hmm. I thought for sure that she was going to be fodder for one of these, you know, yeah. temple uh, traps or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So the fact that she like made it through all of them and got to the part where it was her forte, she was for some reason was wearing the medal that she won for underwater breathing in the like, New York like girls, thirty years ago yeah, or something. The New York Girls Swim Society, <laughs> <laughs> uh, along with her Hebrew character for life. Uh, the fact that like that came up and that was her forte and no one believed in her and she did it. I thought that was like, all right, this is it. She's made it now. She's proven her worth. We've got this. And the clutch of the chest and the just back flop into the water. Was... Oh, yeah. She just like put her hands together like this and just. Oh, no. The dive was great. Oh, the dive, about, yeah. Like, when she comes back up and she's like had her hero moment. She saved the dive. Oh, right, right, just right. Just that like. And there's a couple of, ah, I'm dead <laughs> kind of falls. But hers was just. Like the other one I laughed at. And this one I was just like, no. No, yeah. God damn it. <laughs> Ugh. And you, I guess I knew, I figured the two of them would die, both Mr. and Mrs. Rosen. Mm. You know, a, the image that comes to mind is that real life couple on the Titanic and they're featured heavily in tape two that decide to stay in their oh, right, together. Right, yeah. So that's all I could think of. I was like, oh, is this an homage to them? And no, it was just... A tour, tour de Force by Shelley Winters, who yeah. was nominated for an Oscar, mm. as this... she should have been. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's wild. Who'd she lose to? It better be the <laughs> the, the grandest performance of all no, time. No, really. And it was it was so much more devastating, too. And to your point about thinking that they were going to die together, like the whole part at dinner on New Year's Eve where she's talking about, like, she just wants everyone to be married. She just wants everyone to be in love. Right. What is life without love? And she's holding, I'm going to refer to him as Grandpa Joe for the whole thing. Yes. <laughs> but Mr. Rosen, uh, played by the same actor as Grandpa Joe and Willy Wonka, they're holding hands at the table and it's just so happy. And then there's the part where she thinks she's going to die. And so she gives the whole speech about when's the last time we said, I love you. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. could have been 20 years ago. could have been yesterday. And she's like, isn't that nice that... Some people don't even get what we have. And it's like, oh, man. like, And then she makes it through whatever peril that was. Yeah. I just thought she was going to make it to the end, especially when she got her hero moment. I really thought she earned it. She right, got this right. one. Fuck. <laughs> I know. Did you find it? Okay. I'm trying to find 1972. Or probably the 73 Oscars. Hold on. I'm scrolling through. I'm in the 50s. I'm in the 60s. We're getting closer. 72. She lost to... 
Eileen Heckert playing Mrs. Baker in a film called Butterflies Are Free. Bullshit. Oh, God. Never heard of it. Doesn't matter. Nope. Give it to Shelley Winters. Really? <laughs> Please. The film is about a woman, Jill Tanner, who moves into an apartment besides a blind man, Don Baker, who has recently moved out on his own. That doesn't sound at all as... It sounds boring as hell. Fascinating or wonderful yeah. as, as her in this movie, Mrs. Yep. Rosen. Sorry, friends. Outrageous. Outrageous. I'm, I'm even more devastated now. Yeah. I just, the heartbreak <laughs> is just compounded. Should we go through our, our sort of round robin of the survivors and the triers? I guess if we wanted to yeah. use... So we have... Gene Hackman. Yeah. Yeah, who plays Reverend Scott, I think is his Thank name. Thank you. Yes. Yep, Reverend Scott. Um, love the sort of early 70s. We've gone through the 60s. I'm odd, counterculture-y. The band. The, the band, there's that too. But also, <laughs> you know, his approach early on, we're introduced to him and he's talking about his philosophy of like, God is not just some person in the sky who's here to help you. You have to help yourself. You've yeah. got to help your community. It, it, very groovy. Um, you have Nani, who's in the band. Um, is it Lonnie or Nani? I thought it was Nani. I kept hearing it is Lonnie. Na- it is Nani. 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 Okay. <laughs> what a name. Who sings the theme song uh, no. the morning after for the film as well. The band was great. Yeah. Uh, R.I.P. her brother. Yeah. Right. S- sorry. Uh, what was his name? Daryl? I don't know. He looked like Sonny Bono. He did. Yeah. I thought he was Sonny Bono. Um, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, you have the Rosens, older married couple. There's... Mr. Rogu. Yeah, and his, and wife, his wife, Linda. Linda. Yeah. Who has enormous breasts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that dressing gown. I couldn't make sense of it. <laughs> I just like, couldn't understand why. It we was... were all... Beside, yeah, I don't even know that. I don't remember. Was there dialogue in that scene? Like, I know we certainly weren't saying anything. No, we were just like (laughs) shocked, mouth agape. Um, yeah, she's a former hooker. Yep, it seems like it seems like, yeah, yeah. Uh, he said former NYPD detective who arrested her multiple times to get her off the street, and you know, then they were married. Yep, and I remember my initial reaction being like, oh, and then I I thought about it more, and I'm like, I don't wait a minute, yeah, I don't know if that's actually cute which is also a theme that i think runs through this movie like is this cute or am i uncomfortable i think i mean i is guess this sweet or <sighs> outside of mr and mrs rosen who are golden and untouchable oh yeah yeah no i mean i liked their dynamic i said multiple times like i would i want to spin off of these two like i yep. want to see their backstory i want yeah. to see this like right. they had a good rapport they're like arguments but out of love was like fun to watch and i guess it would depend on the backstory whether or not it was cute like was he shaking her down and arresting her or if he was just like come on honey like I, yeah. we both know what you're doing yeah, here yeah. Like, come on downtown like was he being sweet about it and trying to give her a better life or was he like doing an undercover sting and like getting his on the side and then being like all right that's it i'm taking you downtown and <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? I like the whole pill conversation early on. I, <laughs> it's she, good stuff. I, there's yeah. so much stuff that happens early in this movie, too. So that's the other character is James, uh, who's Red Buttons. Red Buttons, yep. Um, I just read his character as gay. That's yeah. what I did, too, especially when they were talking about, why aren't you married? And he's just like, I don't know. I I'm really a bachelor. Found, I vitamin really C. Yeah. 
Okay, confirmed right. bachelor in 1972. We get it. Right. Yep. Us here in 2021, we read that situation mm-hmm. loud and clear. <laughs> um, the brother and sister. Mm-hmm. Robin and Robin. Susan. Robin and Susan. Yep. Boat aficionado Robin. Yes. Whose entrance to the movie is great. With him just wandering around the deck during like a hurricane. <laughs> the way he falls into the bridge is so good. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he grabs the chair and this chair swings. And Leslie Nielsen's just like, what are you doing here, kid? Don't you know there's a storm outside? He's like, well, you invited me. He's like, can you take now to accept my invitation? <laughs> good stuff. Yeah, I love all that stuff early on, how they shot it. Because the boat or whatever they were on certainly wasn't moving. It was like tricky camera work and the actor sort of like going against it, it looked it looked good it looked like it was in some chop yeah it's like they used the room from the jamiroquai video yes. <laughs> <laughs> right because everyone's just kind of like slipping and kind of leaning and the camera's clearly tilted in a yeah, different yeah. direction just to mimic the waves the one thing i didn't like about the early we got to show you how choppy the waters are is whenever they cut to looking through that like peephole on the captain's deck with just the map painting in it. Yeah, it didn't look that good. Where it's just like it went from like really nice looking film stock to like this really grainy, smudgy looking thing. I'm not sure what it was, yeah. And it just took me right out of it. And thankfully those were the only times that they they used that kind of shot. But yeah, otherwise the model looked good. Yeah. I could, yeah, the model looked great. Yeah. I was sold. I was, yeah. Yeah, It wasn't just like a little bow in a bathtub. Yeah. Sizable miniature. Well, and especially when the like the big 30, 60 foot wave or whatever comes crashing over, like yeah, it was cool. Like the the boat tipped and did everything it needed to. I don't think it necessarily we saw it tipping enough because all of a sudden like it looked like it was just kind of sideways and they're like actually we're upside down. Yeah, I mean they they cut to the inside, so you obviously we get the the interior yeah. sort of mayhem of it mm-hmm. going completely one eighty, but yeah, which is was the first big shock for me. Because I assumed that we would have more of a slow burn of, you know, everyone on board realizing something's wrong. Oh, no. What do we do? And it is a literal 180. Mm-hmm. So you were expecting more of a Titanic. Like, yeah. Where there's wa- water creeping up. Like yeah. slow sink. Yeah. Like, why would I put a life jacket on? Yeah. Why is the thing? carpet wet? Yeah. Like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no slow realizations here. It's everybody immediately knows what happened. Because they're either really fucked up, or their loved ones are dead, or they're dead. Yeah, or it's uh, yeah, it's not a slow burn at all. So I was, it was interesting to watch that because that was the one thing I knew is that the boat is going to completely flip upside down. It's a race to the bottom, if you will. Yeah, it seems like everything up to that point was kind of like a fun, loosey goosey type of movie. Yeah, and the tone, just like the the ship, yeah, flipped, and. I, that scene was so spectacular and violent, and bodies just hitting pianos and pianos hitting bodies. Harrowing. And it was It was all. It, it was brutal. It, it, it's so brutal, so scary. Just bodies flying everywhere. There was at one point, though, I could see there was a stuntman doing like a tumble. Yeah. Like, I, oh yeah, I yeah. Get, have a little giggle at. Yeah. But overall, very scary. It's 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 a thing you see, and then immediately after, you're like, I want to read about how they did it, and I want to know how many people were injured doing it, because it mm-hmm. certainly looks like people didn't walk away unscathed, stunned people or whatever. Yeah. And it was I was a little worried, because some of it is a little goofy. Like, I was definitely giggling. It's oh, for sure, like, yeah. Unintentionally, yeah. Body sliding yeah. through the, like, glass panes, and I feel like there was a lot of, like, ah! 
and just some of the like more dramatic yeah. moves or like right. just the quick camera movements past someone's face as they're like being kind of pulled along the floor mm-hmm. and just the ah, yeah, like, like a, or a body just flying right in front of the camera just like yeah. this I love I forget who it was I think it might have been Hackman and one like whatever woman he came with to dinner that night where like they're hugging and they kind of roll over the table and crash into another couple who are also hugging we're being protected by the chairs but then their crash knocks them over and then everybody just goes flying in a completely different direction but mm-hmm. out of control so out of control <laughs> and it crescendos with that dude just falling right into the like not a, it's not a skylight because he doesn't go all the way through. Right, it's like this big flat, like lighting structure thing, and he just crashes right, right into it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and a lot of the time too, I didn't really. We talked about this right when it ended about John Williams' score, just like not really being in mm-hmm. the movie. Like in total, there might be like eight minutes of actual score. Yeah. If I really, if you really kind of cut it all together, it just wasn't really there. And for something like that, like it, I think it made the scene more violent and visceral not having Agreed. something like ratchet up the tension. I don't need something to hold my hand and tell me, hey, this is pretty scary. Yeah, it's, I, I, it's fucking scary. Yeah, I don't need you to tell me how to feel right now. <laughs> um, and even it lingers too. Something I noticed in the aftermath is it's so quiet, which felt very realistic of you know the dust has finally settled nobody can quite comprehend what's happened to them and then slowly the ambient noise picks up as people right. are like ah my leg Linda <laughs> <laughs> <Then the> no <laughs> help me sir. sir help help me get to the lifeboats like that sort of right it I don't know no Just yeah it, it, it lingered for a while it seemed like people didn't really know what to do Mm-hmm. Which I mean makes sense. If you were in a capsule no, sure, yeah. ship, you would just and you just got completely flipped on your ass. Oh yeah, and I'm like half drunk. It's New Year's Eve. Yeah, I'm wearing a paper mache hat that didn't protect me from the fall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's definitely not a helmet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you're right. Some people people start coming to. They're getting their shit together. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure. I think people are like stuck in the tree, like uh, the Christmas tree. Oh, it just so straight falls. It just straight it just falls. falls. Okay. Because it's hanging from the ceiling. That's right. Okay. Because yeah. it had been mounted to the floor, what had been the floor, and it falls down and it crushes some people. And now people are starting to panic. So Reverend Scott is trying to rally people. He sees that Ronnie McDowell is up on... Like, like who knows where he's I, I don't know. He's up it's like high. A he, he's, he's he's up there. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it's above a door or below a door now. So it's acting as a platform when really it would have been like almost like a marquee, like yeah, an overhang. Yeah, yeah, just an overhang inside of this like grand ballroom that yeah. they're uh, that they're in. Yeah, he's he's standing on top of it, and Gene Hackman has the realization that we have flipped upside down. So we need to go to the bottom of the ship to get to safety to right. the top he's trying to convince everybody in this ballroom we're gonna move the tree up and climb up there get rescued we gotta keep going that way and the majority of the people in the party say no we gotta stay here with the purser and there's oh, someone yeah, the with purser. the ship who's saying stay here this is how we get rescued yeah which i mean i guess is is a personnel on that works for the cruise line like it's your job to stick to the protocol, which says in the case of an emergency, stay put. They'll go room to room and they'll get you. But you're flipped upside down. There's very, very limited options in, in which staying put is right. going to work because where you were was above water and now you're below it. Mm-hmm. So right, not ideal. 
But that was after they saved, uh, I already forgot her name, um, Susan, who was oh. on the table. Oh, yeah. Bolted to the floor that is now the ceiling. And she just drops down onto the thankfully very strong curtain yep. <laughs> that they had all stretched out. So good teamwork there to save right. her. Great teamwork. Yeah, that's why I was wondering with a tree why it was so dense and thick and heavy. And I'm like, wow, that tree is like, looks crazy heavy. And then I realized, oh, okay, that's like going to act as yeah. the ladder out of this this mess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, on a cruise ship, I would feel like it ha- it would have to be because if you're on a boat and it's swaying and rocking, like you can't have your standard living yeah, plastic fake tree. Like you need something sturdy that you can bolt to the floor that isn't going to be swaying as waves no, yeah, you're right, through. but it just in the moment I'm like that tree just killed three people. Like, yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah, and people just move on when they're moving the tree. They move a guy like a corpse out of the way. Oh yeah, the way people treat the dead in this movie, just no respect. And what are you gonna do though? I know. Just... I mean, I think the only real respectful thing that you get is Gene Hackman covers the guy who's like get to the lifeboat area, and then Lottie is or Nani. I, I'm never going to remember that. Uh, Nani's just, like consoling her brother who's died. So that's respectful. Right. Uh, but then there's coat tosses, which was great. I love the coat throw. The coat is so good. Yeah. I don't know if it's a coat. It's like an apron or something. I don't know. They're in the, that was in the kitchen, right? Yeah. I think it's his suit jacket. It's a suit oh, it's a suit jacket. It's a suit okay. jacket. Because Susan's like, oh, I have to bury my tiny girlish face in your manly chest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely 19. Um, She's not 19. I d- We'll get there. We'll get there. Although I guess we're already there. She had been making googly eyes. Oh, yeah. At 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 dinner. At dinner. She was so thirsty. So thirsty. And then her age-appropriate boyfriend asks her to dance, and she goes to do it. But he ends up being the one who is thrown into the beautiful picture window. Was that even her boyfriend? I thought it was just a random other guy on the the cruise that was maybe seated at dinner with them. Puffy shirt loser. (laughs) Can't. Didn't stand a chance. <laughs> Doesn't match up to Reverend Scott. Yeah. Um. So they try to rally everyone. That's also when he, um, Gene Hackman has his conversation with his sort of counterpart, like yes, the, the more straight laced Reverend, um, who has decided to stay behind, and they have this interesting conversation about you know what what is their purpose, you know. You should try to live. You should encourage these people to live. And I liked, I wrote down, the other guy says to Gene Hackman's character, you spoke only for the strong. Yeah. Yeah. There are people, like, I need to be here for the people who cannot make it, who cannot go on, that sort of thing. And I love that he asked him what he thought of the sermon earlier, because they had had that argument or conversation up on deck earlier in the movie where they were discussing their different philosophical takes on religion um, and as you mentioned, Hackman being this kind of like almost atheistic reverend where he's just kind of like, you got to do it for yourself. God will give you the push. But like, if you don't stand, he can't guide you in the right direction kind of thing. And it was it was a good callback to that to be like, what did you think? And that's when he says mm-hmm. you only spoke for the strong, which is something that I feel like you need to straddle that line as a preacher mm-hmm. to not only talk to the people who are strong willed and just have you know, their deity is their guiding light, but the people who like need it to function because both of those kinds of religious people exist. Yeah. Like if I'm ever trapped on a boat underwater, that's upside down. Gene Hackman's my man. (laughs) If I'm having marriage trouble, 
like any other sort of life thing that you would want like a a, a religious counselor no d you d need a career change you're going but to the, the chaplain i'm good I'm, <laughs> I'm hanging out with the guy who looks like mark twain all right thank you very much <laughs> So he decides to climb up. He's going to leave these people behind. And literally, as he gets to the top of that little platform, there's an explosion. And the ballroom fills with water. And, and fire. And fire. <laughs> Every element. Yeah. All of them at once. And, and people, all of those people are dead. And all of those people oh, are yeah, dead. They, they panic. They storm yeah. the Christmas tree. It's sturdy, but not that sturdy. It falls over. They just have to move on. When the tree falls over, it just like God, chaotic. It just and it just goes and goes from there. Oh yeah, and then he like goes through those double doors and just slowly closes it. <laughs> like we're never gonna see that room again. Everyone in there is out of the movie instantly when he closes that door. Yep. Had it not been a giant explosion, they could just put the tree back and figured it out. But the fact that it was fire and flooding, like they just did not stand a chance. Yeah. And it's so sad, too, because they all just were like, no, what do you know? You don't know anything. Like, we're staying down here. Like, get out of here. You're an idiot. And then just immediate death. Yeah. <laughs> poor, poor people. Should have listened. Mm-hmm. But now we've got our crew. Now we've got our, what, eight, nine people. I'm just, I'm just knowing that they, it's they, saved, less than they saved six and there was three deaths. So, or four. So, I yeah, ten. There's ten. Okay. So, have to go through the kitchen. Which is on fire. On fire. But being put out a little bit because they had fireproof doors that kept everything together. And there's only little bits of flames, but everything's hot, hot. still. That was the first time I, I enjoyed seeing something like the upside down part of this. Oh, like I the loved sets. it. I thought like it was I, so With, with the dining room, it just, once everything flipped over, it just kind of looked like a weird room with like a glass window on the bottom. There wasn't yeah. really any discernible thing to tell me besides like the a couple of tables nailed to the ceiling that I was looking at something some upside reason. down. Yeah. But once we get to the kitchen, it was cool to see like the burners upside down, the yeah. sinks and, and just like you see the corpses and everything and you can just tell that like they just went through some shit. Yeah. The burners um, being upside down was really cool because the fire is still coming out of them. Yeah. So like it's just like you were looking at a really hot stove that sure. had, like a flame coming out but it's upside down and it's pouring down. Well, it just says that they were in the middle of cooking shit. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where they start stepping over stuff. Like, they're clearly, like, clearly this ceiling is not flat like it was in the ballroom. There is... Yeah, the lights are on the ground, mm -hmm. the, you know, the... It sort of reminded me, did you guys ever do when you were a kid, like, take, like, a hand mirror so, like, you could see on the ceiling and kind of look at it as you were walking? And so it sort of felt like you were walking at... All right, never mind. I mean, I... I like I like where you're going, but I mean, I suppose something akin to that would be like if you're laying on the floor yeah. and you're looking upside down, you can see like how it would, yeah. if you were to there go were, up, there if you were to somehow go up the stairs, where we didn't yeah, have yeah. cable is basically <laughs> what I'm I'm saying. Um, you defend for yourself. So yeah, like, yeah. Well, the other box isn't working. Guess I'll just take this one, walk around for a bit. But when you do that, it actually like you kind of get this weird sensation. It's very kind of spooky, and that's what this movie felt. Yeah. Like. Yeah. So yeah, they have the kitchen, and then I think immediately we going up some stairs with a fire hose, which made for some funny shit. Yeah. Yep. Which I didn't quite understand, because like, the Reverend just immediately just walks right up. He just grabs the handrails and walks the flat underside of the stairs, and it, he's like, we need something to get everyone up here. It's like, but you just did it fairly easily. And I was shocked that he did it that easy. I'm like, okay, here's challenge number two. Yeah. And he walked right up, I'm like, oh. 
All right. He's just very tall. He did uh, one I, I was, stride. Yeah. He's I just up there. Slip once. If you slip once and then struggle, I believe that you need something right. to get mm-hmm. everybody else up there. And granted, Mrs. Rosen probably was going to have a little bit of a going to be the prime time. candidate for the hose. Yeah. <laughs> All the women in heels, they're probably going to have a, a tough go of it. Sure. You know? Anybody who got a little wet in any of the other areas, okay, fine. You need a little help. But it just the way Hackman just sprinted right up there. He's like, come on, guys. This is going to be easy. But you all need a, a rope. You need the hose, yeah. Uh-huh. But the hose was great. <laughs> oh, made for some great stuff. And I like kind of like towards the end, I think it was Susan or Nami. Wasn't it? Nami? Nami. 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 Jesus Christ. When one of them is about to get pulled up and they see the water coming from the kitchen and all the produce is coming out, she's just screaming at it. I thought that was such a funny thing to us. <laughs> like, what's the, it wasn't even that much water, but it was more like like an onslaught of produce yeah. and fruit and vegetables. <laughs> it's like, oh no, watch out for the okra and eggplant. Yeah. <laughs> I hate kale. It wasn't even until she was like three quarters of the way up that a corpse floated through. And I oh, feel yeah. like... Put the corpse in there with the stew ingredients. Yeah, like that's a little scary. Go and scream yeah. at that, but like celery's not going to hurt you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And basically, she was screaming at soup. Yeah. Because like, it was just she really was, hot yeah. water from the stew, kitchen. It was stock. Yeah. She was screaming. Beside in stock. Yeah. <laughs> Calm down, Nami. But I do like even how small some of these things they had to sort of traverse were just such problems or challenges for multiple mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. including Mrs. Rosen. Like, like by the time we get to the air duct, I like. I knew, I was like, she's going to have a problem with that. And immediately, when she walked up, her face was like, just in shock, like, just owl eyes looking at it, like, I'm not going to fit in that thing. Mm-hmm. I just had such strong feelings for her predicament and for Nani's, and, you know, Mrs. Rosen at least tries. Nani just freezes and red mm-hmm. buttons has to talk her through, but that would be me. Yeah. Just leave me in the ballroom, guys, if we're ever in this situation. Paralyzed by fear. Jeez, she paralyzed. already was about to stay. She wasn't about to climb that fucking thing. Dude, I would, I'm not making it up the Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah, she wanted to stay with her brother. Right. It took real convincing for her to, to even go on that journey. It was a little creepy early on. I think it started showing some signs of Reverend Scott that, like, you got to take the stress off if you're going to go up the tree. Yes. There's a... I was like, uh... He really? You can't, you can't just, like... Yeah. Roll it up and tie it in the back. I don't know what. Yeah. Well, Mrs. Rosen has a pretty long dress. I don't. I don't remember seeing how long Linda's was. Right. But I mean. But like, like in Linda's hindsight, like when we get later on to some more like, creepier yeah. moments with Reverend Scott, it like. Yeah. Things kind of snap into place a yeah. little bit. <laughs> you just wanted to see what was going on. Yeah. He knew. Yeah. But also fuck Linda in that moment where they were trying to go through the tube. Oh, yeah, that's when I knew. I'm like, you're fucking dead. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're fucking dead. Or at least you're dead to me, Linda. Yeah. I need to go first so I don't get stuck behind this fat ass or whatever she said. Mean. It's like she's talking shit about herself. Maybe I can do it, too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can't say that. It's not allowed. Take a suppository and fucking chill out. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. When the doctor comes in and gives her the pills, and she's like, she can't even keep water down. I was supposed to keep pills down. So they're a suppository. You don't have to. And and he has no idea. Yeah, and Linda's like, I know what it is. Like, with the hand moving. You gotta, like, just just figure it out. Just shove it up my ass or whatever. (laughs) Of course she knows what that is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She's a hooker. That costs extra. Yeah, it does. God. <laughs> Climbing through the tunnel. Yep. Going through the tunnel into, we go from a horizontal tunnel to a vertical tunnel. Yeah. Deep blue sea. Deep blue sea. When he said that too, like, a ladder. this goes to a vertical thing. I was like, how the fuck are you getting up the vertical thing? So thankfully there was that ladder there. I know. Right. 
Where we get our first death. Yep, this is where we lose Roddy. Sorry, pal. Yeah, Acres. Which he, he seemed pretty shocked that he was about to die, too. That face he made. Yeah. Was like, that death was awful. I'm glad was, the other deaths were better than that. Yeah. In terms of more impactful and better acted, but it was just kind of like... I think uh, it, was like, it was almost like he was startled by the noise, and it wasn't like the vibration that like... Yeah. Like a, like a bunny rabbit death. Just like, I'm, like I'm that. overstimulated. Oh. Yeah. Right. We just kind of like let go and had a shocked look on his face like, oh no, I've let go. Uh... And he fell into the water, which again... Fall into the water. You should... Yeah, only 10 feet up, but then an explosion happened oh. and just rocked him. And who else was in there? Mr. Mr. Rogo went after yeah, him. Yeah, he goes after him. And I think they do a good job of, over time, though, showing that he is becoming more and more tired and it's harder and harder for him. That Who, Scott? Reverend Scott? Or are you talking about... Um, what Acres, yeah, the, the waiter... Roddy McDowell. Oh, yeah. His leg. When they did the insert shot of his leg, it's like, oh. Yeah, Yeah, I don't think he would have made it up the ladder. I mean, he might. Well, he was doing a pretty good job of like one hop grab, one hop grab. Mm -hmm. But some of the stuff later, like he wouldn't have stood a chance climbing up the walk at the The end. The apparatus, yeah. Yeah, like a a lot of that stuff later on, he wouldn't have made it. So I don't know. It's probably fine that he got exploded inside that. Yeah, that seemed to be the one thing that in a lot of movies they do is like the injured person sometimes doesn't really make it. And for here, it was like a beat that I kind of figured was going to happen. Like he's probably coming up soon. Well, because otherwise it becomes a drag. Like every single thing has to be a fight for everybody, but it has to be an extra fight for him. Someone's got to stay behind and make sure he gets through. Like it's just one. And that's why I thought like Mrs. Rosen was – she was on the chopping block. She – wasn't going to make it because she's just such a burden on the party trying to get out of the boat. Yeah. yeah. Pour one out for my girl. <laughs> <laughs> just, I thought about mentioned. her. I was like, oh. Yeah. We lose we lose him in a almost anticlimactic way. Yeah. Like you were saying. Yeah. It's just, it was silly. <laughs> like, I, I giggled when he died. I kind of like it, though, because, yeah, it's, it, the movie became very somber and serious, but I do like that they'll sort of unintentional funny moments aren't mm-hmm. in there because mm-hmm. it just it's like half the reason why i love the movie is just those funny cheesy 70s like that shot works when yeah. like 20 years later it just it's a laugh riot yeah and it allows you to breathe a little differently like as opposed to the really tense moments where we're all just kind of like okay okay oh yeah it, it, it broke things up for sure yeah. Yeah. yeah so it gives you it gives you a different kind of moment for a beat yeah. even though it's a character dying yeah. It was one that didn't get a backstory. Although I did love when he's watching the band play and he's just like, I really like it, this music. And the other guy's like, ah, screw this. Give me a waltz any day. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, no, it's fine. I really like it. Yeah. <laughs> so after that, they end up they end up in the hallway. Yeah. So this Broadway, is we, I think. Broadway. Yeah. They end up on Broadway. So this is where we get one of 65,000 really heated arguments between Mr. Rogo and the mm-hmm. Reverend. And there's probably a few too many of those for me of like constantly butting heads. Yeah, I agree. Although I did like the line and I don't remember where it was in the movie during one of their arguments where he's like, maybe you just don't like me because we're the same and you don't like looking at yourself or something like that. Because they're both very strong, tough dudes. You know, the Reverend, while you wouldn't normally think of that kind of person as an alpha, like in this scenario, he really is. He's a take, take life by the balls and take charge kind of reverend and mr rogo's a cop and yeah. just like not they're both equally cussing as much it's like yeah yeah so i did like that line a lot even though i thought they maybe argued a few too many times because we all knew how it was going to go they weren't these guys weren't splitting up they weren't going to yeah. you know 
go their separate ways and figure things out. Like this team is for the most part outside of dying, probably going to stay together. Yeah. And it's, I think it wanted to have it be a larger question of faith. And do you believe in, in waiting for the sign to come? Do you believe in going out and seeking it for yourself? Mm. But I don't care. I just want to see more corpses, more explosions I didn't really sense like the fight between Reverend Scott and like God per se. Like, exactly. Until, like, right. Like... And then when it popped up at the end, it's like we didn't really get anything before that indicated that he was struggling with his own belief in religion with everything. Yeah, I just like who cares. Yeah, by then I didn't. It's, it's it was half baked. So yeah. whatever. Um. So whatever. He tries to go off to the engine room because the kid said it's 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 in the stern of the boat. Yeah. This is where. Uh, yeah, the stern. Yeah. This is where we get the really, just the devastating part of those, like, 40 or 50 people who are all following the doctor mm-hmm. going towards the, they were going towards the stern of the bow, or whatever. Either way, they were going towards the wrong direction, yeah. uh, because that's where logic tells them they need to go. They need to go find the captain. They need to go find, like, all these other things. And there's been explosions, so it stands to reason the engine room's completely fucked. But, like, knowing that they were going in the wrong direction, because, again... Reverend, I didn't think was going to be wrong in this instance. I didn't think this was going to be a fruitless endeavor of they get to the engine room and, oh, it turns out it, was, it wasn't it was the right way to go and everyone's dead here and the, the moral of the story is don't listen to Reverends. Like, I didn't think that's what the right, point of this right. movie was going to be. So it was really sad to watch, like, the nurse who was funny earlier being like, no, just come with us. Like, we're going to go with the doctor and everything's going to be we're fine. Gonna die, yeah. Like, no, it's not. It's really yeah. not. You're all though. just going to walk. I'm glad we didn't see them all die, though, because I think that would have been more devastating of, like, watching them go into the next compartment and get blown up or drown or whatever. It was just like, okay, we know where they're going. They're going to their deaths. That sucks. It was weird. So when that we see the first shot of just bodies kind of passing through the corridor, maybe just because I've seen a lot of other movies where, like, I like ghost on ship. Like, I oh, saw a yes. ghost ship. Yep. And then, like, right afterward, I was thinking of, like, Ghostbusters 2, where, like, the Titanic mm-hmm. shows up on fucking Manhattan Island, and there's, like, they're all coming out of the boat. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, are those ghosts? Like, is this movie really going to pull that on me right now? Yeah. yeah it would have been pretty sick or gnarly. I don't know what direction. It would have been really weird, but I was pretty, I was relieved to, that they were real people. <laughs> yeah. For now. For now, yeah. yeah. They're going to be ghosts. They're going to be ghosts soon, real soon. So soon. And we get, I think the first couple of uh, weird exchanges with Susan and Scott oh, here, yeah. where we this both were kind of like, okay, no. <laughs> we both looked at each other and we're like, oh, uh, <laughs> Adam, can you? Yeah, because they do split off briefly here, because this is where Reverend goes to find the engine room. He says, give me 15 minutes. If I'm not back, you guys go the other way, follow that group, do your own thing. And Susan's like, I'm going with the Reverend because I love him. Yeah, I feel safe with you. <laughs> Hold on, let me hold your head in my hands and look longingly into your eyes. Yeah, a lot of face I am a 43-year-old man, yeah. and you are... 19 going 19. on 14. <laughs> right. She looks so young. Yeah. Like, she looks so she looks like much a teenage, like a baby. She's 15 years old. Like, she needs... What she needs to be doing is reading To Kill a Mockingbird. Not... <laughs> being manhandled by this man yeah see i didn't it didn't read that way at first for me because i was like all right well she's watching her brother on a transatlantic cruise ship she's got she can't be 15 like she can't be a child herself really yes it's creepy but like at least like she was drinking in the Mm -hmm. on new year's eve and she's being charged with looking after this 10 year old like 
I'm assuming she's at least an adult age-wise, even if she has no life experience and is it's still creepy because of the age difference. It at least didn't play that like that for me until you guys mentioned it because I thought like, okay, well, she's clearly adult enough to be doing right. this adventure, which is crazy. Like, I wouldn't trust a 19-year-old with a 10-year-old on a cruise ship. Like, get out of here. The thing is, I don't even think Reverend Scott Gene Hackman heard, like, any of that backstory, like, why she was there. So, for me, it's like he's just – he doesn't even know how old she is. Oh, he has no idea. So, it just – it's – yeah. And he seemed like a womanizer the whole time. Like he was, right, right. He had two girls on his arms at the table during New Year's Eve. Like he was talking to women. He was grabbing on Linda. He was doing all kinds of different things. But there was like plenty. There was an. There's definitely opportunity for him not to reciprocate oh, the yeah. attention that he was receiving from this child. A lot of yes, face <laughs> so much face touching. A lot. Too much. Too much. <laughs> um, it's like stop touching her, dude. Uh, Anyways. Hands to himself. Yeah. They return. They decide to go back to the engine room. They realize, though, they've lost Robin, who had to go pee in the upside-down bathroom. Yeah. How is that going to work, kid? Come on. You're so stupid. (laughs) I thought you understood boats. I think... (laughs) All the lids were up, though. That's true. What was the men's room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I know. (laughs) Nobody put the seat down. And the level that they're on starts to flood. They got to keep moving again i can't this is where i'm like so lost well this is where they find out that the engine room while above them requires going down because they're like we can't go down everything floods below us and like don't worry i was just in the engine room this is gonna work out they get there and it's the place he just came from by the time he rounds everybody up and gets you know the kid then they're like oh shit we can't go that way and this is where it requires swimming Breath holding, which is straight out of like the Titanic, or Cameron completely ripped a page out of that out of this movie with that. Because mm-hmm. I think there's a scene where Kate Winslet's character sees a hallway that they could get out of, goes to get some sort of help, comes back and the hallway's like flooded, and they have to like yeah go underwater yeah. or. Mm-hmm. So I like that they were because it seemed for a while that it's like is this ship even fucking sinking? So it's glad to see that like rooms are starting to flood a little bit and rooms look different 5 minutes later when you leave them and you yeah. have to sort of change your plans. Yeah, cuz the water was basically one level behind them at every step. Like as soon as they made it to the next tier, the tier they were just on completely floods. So like the water was moving very slowly. Yeah. Especially when they climbed through that tube at first. They get through and you see the water rising to the tube, but then it doesn't go in. And then all of a sudden, when they're three quarters of the way through it or almost to the end, that's when it starts to flood. And you're like, okay, well, the the water's taking its sweet time. It's like a Michael Myers chasing them kind of scenario. <laughs> right. But it was good. You're right that, okay, this thing that we thought would totally work now doesn't because the water has caught up to right. us. And we kind of discussed this a little bit already because this is where we lose Mrs. Rosen tragically, which... She fought so hard to be the one to go, and nobody believed in her. And I wonder, had she gone first, if she would have been fine. Not having to carry... Because I think she had to Reverend carry... Reverend Scott's... Yeah, because he gets trapped under the door, a piece of sheet metal or something. Yeah. But he's trapped. I mean, props to him. He held his breath for a really, really, really long time. Yes. He did do that. So I was I... really impressed that most of the actors, I think maybe all of them did that stunt. I to go know. underwater. The like water filming in this is fantastic. It's great. Way. Yeah, it's, it's really like I, I got like a, like the abyss vibes. Mm-hmm. Like this must be Cameron's favorite fucking movie <laughs> of all time. Like, like really. If it's not, it should be. I wonder um, how old he was when this came out. Like, did this really shape his childhood? Is that why? Uh, this is probably, probably like his teens. Yeah, something yeah. like that. 
So he was born in 54. So yeah, 54 to 72. So he would have been 18. So he would have been an age appropriate. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Date for Susan. I could definitely see, you could see, you could watch this movie and be like, I want to become a filmmaker. Like, I want to do that. Like, that looks like a lot of fun. Yep. But yeah, outside of the devastation of this, this was probably like my favorite scene because it was, not only was it impactful to the story, but just like watching the like, the clothes move. And I loved how like Linda's swimming through and she's like holding onto her shirt so it doesn't like fly up because she's wearing a men's (laughs) oversized double We're trying to keep the PG Linda. Yeah, Yeah. and there's no, like she has no bra. But yeah, I mean, it was like, actor after actor going through underwater and I was waiting for the time to see a face like that. Okay, that's a stunt double. But like every one of them. They all mm-hmm. did it. I don't, even Grandpa Joe, I think like beasted that little tunnel or the, the underwater We thing. never I, see we him. We never see him. Oh, you we don't? We see him come up out of the water. Oh, okay, yeah, maybe he, there's a couple that just couldn't do it, but. He jumps in and then we, we don't see him again until he, he just pops up later on. Which when he jumped in, I thought he was killing himself. I same. Because he's just like, something happened, didn't it? And Rogo's like, well, I mean, she made it. That's good. It's like, but something happened. He's like, uh, and then he just was like, forget it, and jumps in. And he's not jumping in where the rope is. He's, he's just, just jumping in. Oh, yeah. So I was like, oh, boy. Oh, he just off himself? Because that's sad. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't even get to see her to say goodbye. Like, that's fucked. But no, he just powered right through. Mr. Rogo handled that better than I thought anyone. Yeah. Imagine seeing this person die or, or is dead. And being told, like, don't fucking say it. Don't say oh, it that's what yeah. I wrote down. Gene Hackman is so good at yelling because I think he <laughs> says, don't tell him anything. Like, yeah. he's just so, so, so he's, much. He's a yelling actor. Yeah. 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 So sad. But yeah, like when he swims back and he's, he's he, he gives the best runaround answers. Like, <laughs> Which a great diplomatic answer. By oh, way. yeah. Like, right. What happened? It's like, don't worry. She made it through. She, she saved, saved the him. reverend. The rope's all set up. We can go now. She made it through. She, he didn't say. I would have butchered that. I would like somehow would be like, wait, you just said she's dead? Like, it's like. <laughs> whoops. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, everybody makes it through there. Everybody except Gene Hackman takes a beat to say goodbye to Mrs. Rosen. And watching Mr. Rosen just like hold her, mm-hmm. so sad. So devastating. Yeah. And watching each character come up, like, catch their breath, wipe the water from their eyes, and finally like, be like, all right, we made it. Oh, fuck, Mrs. Rose. Yeah. Damn. And I loved uh, Red's just, like, he walks by and he's like, God bless Mrs. Rosen. Like, just walks by, doesn't, yeah. doesn't get in the way, doesn't try to take over the moment, just says his piece and, and walks off. Just classy move. Then we get to basically the fi- the engine room. Like, they make it through, they get into the engine room, which is complete disarray, as one would imagine. And turns out they got to climb this broken catwalk structure. They kept showing single shots of Grandpa Joe, and I just thought he was going to Oh, yeah. I couldn't. Well, he's just going to join her. Yeah, well, because he stayed behind for, like, another minute or so just to say goodbye on his own, free from everybody. So he's straggling along, so I get why he's being shown alone. But the fact they just kept cutting to him. Please don't kill him yeah, too. Like he's got to give I, the necklace to the grandson. I'm like, please. I would not have even recorded. I would have just been like, this, see you later and got in my car and left. We lost Bridget because Grandpa Joe didn't get to give the locket to the grandson in Israel. See ya. <laughs> get out of here. I have a date in the shower to cry. <laughs> you want to be surrounded by that much water? I Yes. So that no one can see. <laughs> the, tears. the tears. The tears. Oh. 
Yeah, so we get... Everyone starts climbing the structure. Grandpa Joe finally catches up. And then there's another explosion. And Linda just gets shot completely off the mm-hmm. scaffolding and falls into fire. Lands hard on the ground. And just like... Yeah, there's like point, rebarb yeah. or something like popping out. It's like, she's fucking toast. Yeah, you yeah. see her starfished. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. Things. Yeah, you don't see the face, but you still see, you see Mr. Rogo's shirt there, like, breaking through the fire. And it's just yeah. like, oh, she hasn't even fucking had a chance. Like, there's no, maybe I can get back up. Maybe I'm okay. Like, my arm's broke. Like, no, nothing. She's done. Just complete. I think the heels finally came off, too. Like, that was a that was yeah. a telling sign that she had expired. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Poor Mr. Rogo, too. He took that so hard. Yeah, yeah. He screams at Reverend Scott. Like that was really I, good acting from from him. Like oh, yeah. I was, the yelling between them obviously showcases that they're good at. He's good at doing that, but like the stress, the stress, mm-hmm. the the depression, the immediate sort of just emotion washing over him. Liar, it looked like he was about to snap or something. Yeah, I mean he did in in a way. Like he just mentally broke. He just watched his wife die. Right. I mean he's really the only one that like watched the loved one die because like yeah. Obviously, Mr. Rosen's not there. He doesn't see it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure what happened to the brother of um, of Nani earlier. I don't know if she was there, if she just like woke up and saw him. Like, so like he's really the only one that watched a loved one die and just right absolutely devastated. He should because like this is technically their honeymoon. Yeah, he said it earlier. Like they hadn't gone on a trip That's since they got right. married. Yeah. No. I, know. I don't know. Just that lingering <laughs> shot of him just staring it out at nothing mm-hmm. for like a while. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, God. So sad for him. And then we get what I thought was the most unexpected thing, which was Gene Hackman sacrificing himself yeah. to turn off the steam that was blocking, blocking the doorway yeah. escape. Well, this is the this is the most cuckoo bananas part of the movie. <laughs> so uh, once they get into the engine room, he keeps seeing... The doorway, but right blocking it is this big red, what would you call it? Valve. Valve. Yeah, Yeah, valve wheel. You know, so right after we lose Linda, the explosion makes all the steam happen, and someone has to turn the valve to make it so they can pass to the door. Yeah. And Reverend Scott starts monologuing sort of at... The door. (laughs) The door, but also to God. Yes. And then, like, mid-monologue, doesn't take a breath, doesn't take a beat, circus jumps onto the... Said wheel, said valve. Onto the valve, like a trapeze. Yeah. And then turns it while angrily monologuing at God. Bizarre. Yeah. Well, I thought he was doing that to jump to the... praying, I guess. Yeah, True. I thought he was trying to jump to the door ledge because, like, they couldn't reach because the scaffolding was broken. They couldn't reach the lever to open it. I thought that's what he was trying to do. And then he stopped and kept monologuing. And I was like, oh, oh, he just wanted to stay there. Oh, he's turning the valve. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I just couldn't believe what I was ha- what was happening before my eyes. The jump, yeah. The jump was shocking. And then hearing that was kind of just. And then knowing I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to die. Yeah. I still thought he was going to swing and, like, figure something out. But, yeah, fell right to his... Although he fell into water. Granted, the fire was there, but I feel like he would have gone under the water. I feel like he would have been okay, depending on how much water was there. Yeah. Because there was more water there than when Linda fell, or at least in a different area. But it looked like he had a pretty big splash, and there wasn't, like, a thud sound like he hit the bottom. Agreed. 
So I was honestly really surprised that he didn't come back up and be like, I made it. Like, kept, God saved me because I yelled at him. I, did, I thought, yeah, I kept waiting for him and his turtleneck to reappear. And then he didn't. I didn't. I, 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 for spending so much time with his character, I didn't care that he died. Like, I just didn't. Well, I didn't think that he was. So it didn't hit me the same way that um, Linda and Mrs. Rosen hit me. Yeah. Of just like pure shock. I did. I was so sad for Mr. Rogo and Linda died. Like Rever didn't have anybody really other than Susie or whatever, and that was yeah, yeah. Johnny about. was relieved on Susan's yeah. behalf. Yeah, <laughs> you're safe now, sweetheart. Thanks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't need to call anyone. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't think that he was actually dead in the moment. I kept expecting that last second resurrection, but it it still didn't. Even when it was clear that like. Okay, we're moving on. Rogo, you're up now. Like you got to get us through the door. You got to do what he asks. Like this is the last thing. I was, I, I was still like, all right, cool. Let's save everybody else now. Like, yeah, I just thought the, the sacrifice would be a little more climatic or something like that. I mean, he was just literally just spinning that wheel, and it was just like, all right, dude, spin the fight. Yeah. <laughs> but like, he, I was, I was thinking maybe his sacrifice in the end would be something like, like sloth and the Goonies holding up the rock. You know what I mean? Yeah, like a Hodor moment. Yeah. Where, like, Bruce Willis stand behind to blow up the asteroid right. kind of thing. Like a big actual sacrifice where he says, you got to go, you got to save yourself. His monologue was about the whole day, not about that moment. So it didn't even feel like a standard disaster movie style sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And then I thought once he died and they go to the door to open it, that it would be like sunlight. And then I completely forgot about the whole discussion about the steel being one inch, and then like, oh, okay, this is why we have a second room mm-hmm. before we get to the golden monkey. But <laughs> yeah, and I love the shot of Ernest Borgnine's face. You know, they knock on the ceiling, and they realize someone's knocking back, and oh my god, now the there's a hole being cut, and you see them get really elated and excited, and then the turn, the fall of his face of just. You see everything that they have gone through hit him, at least. Yeah. I don't think anybody else's face is really doing the work that Ernest's is in this scene. Well, it makes sense. It's so devastating. And I think he even takes like a glance back at the door being like, we were so close. She was five steps away from being here with me to be rescued. Like she made it to the end Uh and I lost her. And so it read even worse because he was like, oh, we, we literally got saved five minutes after she died like all she had to do was hang on tight for one more explosion <laughs> right. and we would have been off to rome and torino and all the places in italy they were gonna go like his his face was really tough to watch and props to him for it yeah linda shouldn't have made fun of mrs rosen no she wanted to see the sun again that's true and if he had ju- if she had just worn what he told her to wear she wouldn't have been in the shirt she probably would have been more comfortable mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, so they're all, the the, the final six remaining ended up being uh, Nani, James Martin was the name of Red Button's character. Thank you. Never really came up. I don't even think it was mentioned at all in the movie. Um, but we get those two, Susan, Robin, uh, Mr. Rosen, whose name is Manny. Um, yeah, Manny, yeah. And uh, Mike Rogo is the final six who are rescued and taken off by helicopter to live out their days and tell this story, I guess, because I was actually, we didn't touch on this at the very beginning, but it just straight opens. Like this is a cold open of the, the ship oh, the at boat. sea. Yeah. I thought you had started halfway through the fucking movie. Yeah. I, I checked the timeline <laughs> on my phone to look at it 
Um, but yeah, it, it just was cold open. And then it says right at the beginning, like nearly everyone on this boat died. There was very few survivors. Here are their stories. And so you don't even get a sense for how many people this is referring to, but they obviously get rescued to tell this tale of the SS Poseidon flipping over. Yeah. Now, did they mention that it was the ship was about to retire? Yes. Okay, is, they did. Okay. This is the ship's last voyage. Last voyage. Yeah, we there's a conflict at the beginning, which I don't think really played into the movie at all. This yeah. it seemed like it would have been one of those disaster movie style tropes of evil corporate businessman doesn't know what he's talking about and ruins it for everybody kind of thing. Oh yeah. Where the guy said his consortium purchased this boat from either a defunct cruise line or the cruise line. He just needs to get it to Athens, and then they're going to either you dismantle haven't lit the last four boilers. <laughs> yeah, do whatever they need to do. But he was kind of a prick. And I don't even think his full speed ahead caused the crash the way they kind of played it off like it was going to. I think it was just a giant fucking wave did it. Yeah. And it didn't matter how fast they were going. They were yeah. flipping anyway because they weren't balanced properly. Yeah, so it was the, the cruise ship's last hurrah three days to return. We never really got an explanation for why there were explosions happening. I think just because everything got rocked. Like it's yeah. just, stuff's getting triggered, <laughs> wires are down and catching fire, yeah. and it's, I think yeah. it's just or just it's a way just to make sure out. we kill people along the way. Yeah, yeah. Or it's we paid for this model to be exploded. We need to use this shot three or four times. <laughs> it came with yeah. It came yeah. with the yeah the sparklers. Yeah, let's use them. So it's probably also that as yeah. well. But yeah, I mean, a lot of ups and downs. Very much a roller coaster. Got everybody in the room very emotional. <laughs> Very emotional. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of emotions. So what are you guys' final thoughts? Do you guys want to put a bow on it? What else? Is there anything else that you wanted to touch on that we didn't get to? Any other stand... Like, what was your favorite standout performance? Yeah. I don't know. I Everyone was really good in it. Yeah, I guess Mrs. Rosen, just because her arc was great mm-hmm. and all of that, like, she really just came through in the end where she could have just easily just been fodder for this whole thing, but... One thing I really wish, and obviously cannot change now or anything, but that I wish I grew up with this movie. Like, this would have been one I spun a bunch. Oh, God. It's just like, what an adventure. Would you have been able to handle it as, like, because, I mean, depending on when you saw it, obviously, but I don't think this would be one where, like, oh, man, some of these movies we watched were like, oh, man, if I was 8, 12 years old, I would have put this on every day. Like, when we watched Point Break, that right. was like, oh, man, I wish I had this every summer on the Cape so I could throw it in on a rainy day because, man, what a ride. Right, yeah. I mean, I definitely tortured myself, too. I mean, I saw Jurassic Park in theaters and watched that a bunch afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something that I probably could have handled. I mean, I even saw Titanic in theaters. Not that I suck it out for, you know, seeing <laughs> romance or anything later on, but really enjoyed it later as an adult, mm-hmm. the technical part of it, and just tape two just being just genius. Mm-hmm. Um but it's also really cool to kind of uh, see, like you said, like a big James Cameron uh, being influenced by a movie like this. The underwater scenes were really impressive. All the stunt work. The chaos was just filmed just spectacularly violent. It was just, yeah, I don't know. I just really enjoyed this movie. I, I did too. Each room had a different emotion in it. Mm. It did. I, I could not have watched this movie as a young person. This is the kind of movie that would give me nightmares. Like, it's still, it might tonight. Yeah, you're struggling a little now. Yeah. I'm (laughs) shaking like a leaf in my chair. Um, Yeah, but fantastic. And mad love to Shelley Winters. Yeah, it just feels like a classic to me. Oh. Oh, yeah. Immediate, immediately. And her performance in particular is 
good because she's one of the few people who doesn't feel very one note. There's times where she's the butt of the joke, but, you know, she has these heroic moments, these moments of pathos, and she does it all excellently. You can both, like, be weeping at her dying while also laughing at her being hoisted up this... Oh, yeah, and I was just thinking, like, her being pushed up the Christmas tree, like, what's going on back there or something? Sorry I got so familiar. (laughs) (laughs) Just hit everything. Very devastating that she didn't win the the Oscar that year. I don't think I'm going to watch the movie that beat her, but... No. Right. Still sad, because that was a fantastic performance. I think all... What I would consider the three main leads of... Hackman, Borgnine, and her all did fantastic jobs. I mentioned that there was probably a little too many arguments, but I think that's probably just playing to the strengths of both Hackman and Borgnine of just their deep voice, like especially Ernest, deep voice, like powerful yelling when they talk, like when they scream at you, you want to listen, which is why their back and forth works so well is because both are probably used to yelling and getting their way. Where here they're, you know, they're two sides of the same coin, essentially. Right. Um, but I think all three of them absolutely carried this movie. The kid was good. Like, normally a kid could really bring down everything. I liked that he knew about the ship. I like how they set that up in the beginning of him just being fascinated by the cruise ship. Everybody worked. I mean, you know, Grandpa Joe was a little, okay, he didn't he didn't really need to be there. He didn't really bring anything to the table. There was well, some luggage in the crew, but... Yeah. Um, you know, Nani kind of got a little dragging with her. You know, by the time she was frozen with fear on the ladder, I was like, okay, come on. Come on, Nani. Like, let's <laughs> let's yeah. go. Like, you've you've seen people die already. Like, you've, you've seen as worse as it's going to get, which is people dying. You gotta, you gotta power through. You, you, you gotta, right. you gotta get on here. So, but I, I really enjoyed that. Red Button was good. He was very sweet. You know the way that he was calming everybody down, so he could talk to Nani. I thought was great. But just a good ensemble cast. Everybody worked well together. I thought all the chemistry was great, and the, the tension of not knowing realistically who was gonna make it also just made for a really fun watch. So I, I had a blast with this as well. Nice. God bless you, Mrs. Rosen. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm curious and not curious about the the remake, like how they would handle it. I can't. It can't be as good. No, it, it can't be as good. Just, it has to suck. I mean, it's got a good cast. It's got. I I don't remember if we did this in the pre-show. Um, but like, do they have a Mrs. Rosen? Do they have a Nani? Do they have, or are they completely just? Um, is it all like twenty somethings and you know no, I mean, they're all screwing each other halfway through the movie? No, I mean it's Kurt Russell, it's Richard Dreyfus, Emmy Rossum's in it, Andre Brower, but all of the names are different, so there's no. Um, okay, so there's not okay. Yeah, so I think this is, this says here Kurt Russell and Emmy Rossum have the same last name, so I'm assuming it's a father daughter thing. So there's I don't think it's necessarily at all the same. I think just. It's the same named boat flips over and what happens from there. So I don't think you're going to get the arc of Mrs. Rosen. I don't think you're going to get any of that. What you might get, and this is where I think you guys might be interested, this is based on a book. So possibly maybe visit the novel before visiting, I would think, any of these gotcha. other sequels. Uh, could be a good beach read. Could be a good beach read. So um, might be worth uh worth taking a gander and flipping through some of those pages there. Because I feel like this would probably stick closer to that than it would the sequel sticking close to this. Yes, it would make for a good book for sure if it stuck to what I, what I saw. 
Yeah, and it would probably flesh out a lot of these conversations. You might get more like in-depth personal conversations. There might be more backstory to you know Nani and her brother or things like this that the movie just didn't have time to get to because this is it's a two-hour movie and they pack a lot into it in they terms do, yeah. of getting the getting you to care about these characters and making their deaths feel important. Yeah, I wouldn't trust the sequel. I'd say <laughs> take the time to read the book right. first. Right. I mean, not knowing how that is either, but I, if I had to guess. Gotcha. It'll lean that way, but cool. All right, well, then that'll do it for this week's episode of Fine, I'll Watch It. Remember, you can find every episode of Fine, I'll Watch It every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. So let us know what you think of the Poseidon Adventure. Have you seen the sequels? Have you read the book? Uh, or Sorry, not sequels, remakes. Have you read the book? Um, is there <laughs> is there any particular favorites in the disaster genre that you uh, that you like the, that you watch over and over again? Let us know on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. But once again, for fine, I'll watch it. My name is Adam. I'm Bridget. And I'm Johnny. And thanks so much for listening.